Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished individual, not just in filmmaking, but also as an activist, Insia Dariwala. Insia, welcome to the show. And thank she you, is, thank you. Thank you. Um, Insia is from Mumbai and she's an award-winning international filmmaker. She's made 10 documentary films and two short fictions. She's a TEDx and public speaker at many international and domestic conferences. She's a child rights activist highlighting social evils like child sex abuse and female genital cutting. She's been recognized and awarded globally and she is one of the most 100 most inspiring women of India. So, Insia, tell me, what would you say are three key milestones in your career or your life? So, let's start with life because career comes later. Okay. Um, I think the first key milestone was the day I got to know that I was born in the train. Mm-hmm. So, me, that kind of changed the entire narrative of my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I realized that my life was I wasn't going to be ordinary. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was knowing the way I was born was the first key okay. milestone. Uh-huh. My second was when uh, my family immigrated to the United States. Uh-huh. This is when I was 19 years old. Okay. So I started my journey in a very modest uh, 100 square feet home. Mm-hmm. And so from there to go from a small little village, uh, you know, out on the outskirts of Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And then at that age, that impressionable age to go straight into a concrete jungle mm-hmm. like uh, New York mm-hmm. was a very big milestone for yeah. me. Yeah. It just changed entire course of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, the third milestone uh, in my life, I don't know. I think I'm living it right now. Okay. Um, this last three years have given me many, many uh, different kind of highs in life. And okay. uh, they are linked to my career. But I think my career is not just a career. It is, uh, it is a passion. It mm. is something that has become me. Mm. And so they are interconnected. So I'll just jump into the career part of it. Hmm. And uh, my first key milestone in my career was the day I made my first film Mm -hmm. on child sexual abuse, The Candy Mm -hmm. Man. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is 2009. Mm -hmm. So definitely a key milestone, especially Mm -hmm. when I won two Best Director Awards for the Mm -hmm. film. It kind of, uh, you know, reiterated the fact that I can tell a story effectively. Well said, yeah. That was extremely important Mm -hmm. uh, in my career. Second milestone, I would say, was my second film, mm-hmm. uh, which was again on sexual violence. And the reason why that I consider that a major milestone, because that kind of set stage for my NGO. Mm-hmm. That's how my NGO was born after that film. Okay. And, um, and the third milestone would be the day um, the WCD ministry, which is the Women and Child Ministry, mm-hmm. um, based on a petition and a photo campaign that I had run through the mm. Hand of Hope Foundation mm. um, came out and acknowledged that male child sexual abuse is in fact not something that has been talked about, mm. studied about. That photo campaign, you know, that very little small photo campaign which had five faces of men, of male survivors, mm. went on to amend a compensation scheme which was, uh, you know, which the government had in place. And the uh, it started giving compensation to survivors of sexual abuse who were boys as well. So mm. that was a definite key milestone in my career. Very, very interesting. You know, I'm going to speak first about your filmmaking. Let's talk about filmmaking. 
what got you into filmmaking? And then tell me after that about your documentary, which tell death to us apart. I don't think anything gets you into anything. It's mm-hmm. either you are or you're not. Okay. And I was a storyteller right from childhood. Mm-hmm. I always joke about this, that I used to tell great stories mm-hmm. at home to get away from punishment. So mm-hmm. you know, I always knew that I, I knew how to read stories. And uh, the kind of life that I lived mm-hmm. as a child, um, stories was my only getaway, my imagination, my mm-hmm. creativity was the only way that I yeah. could survive the reality that I lived. Hmm. at that time and so as I grew older it was only natural that that craft kind of you know uh, it just it just grew inside of me Hmm. and then at one point in time you know I started writing Hmm. I started doing well at what I was doing so uh, continuing in your role as a director and as a filmmaker what were some of your main challenges as you got into this part of uh, work I don't know I would like to think that I've been lucky Mm. I really didn't have to face too many challenges like most outsiders face mm. in the film industry. God has been very kind. Mm. I have always had producers offer me work as opposed to me looking for work. And that mm. has been something that I always am very grateful to God for. Mm. Mm. So all the work that I've got uh, so far has been because someone has approached me to do a film. You know? okay. So I, I don't... I mean, challenges are, uh, you know, like being a woman. Uh, are you asking me that question or is it something no, that's... I'm asking you a question as, as, a, as a film director. No, I think as a documentary filmmaker, there are challenges. Because ah. see, when you are doing documentary films, it's mm. a very different ballgame. You are not controlling the environment over there. Right. So, as in fiction, there is a script in place. You know, you know what scenes you're going mm. to um, mm. do way before the shoot happens Mm. your crew is ready for everything all of that is happening but in a documentary film it's like you just you know your structure you know what you want your end Mm. and your beginning to be Mm. but then the middle portion you don't know how to you know what's going to happen so uh, if I just were to speak about the film that I made Mm. recently which was Till Dead Do Us Part my first feature documentary film those Challenges are something that I will never forget because one, the film, uh, more than 50% of the film was in Telugu. I don't know that language. And why in Telugu? Because the film was shot in Andhra Pradesh, Mm. in, you know, in different places of Andhra Pradesh. Mm. So language, you know, being that it was not my language, it became extremely difficult to communicate. Mm. So that was definitely challenging. Then, uh, you know, it was like a whole new world for me. Mm. But what I realize in that process is that, um, you know, pain has no language. Mm. Pain is a universal feeling. Love is a universal feeling. And if you could connect compassion and all of these feelings, if you connect on that, then I don't think language becomes a barrier. But uh, because we were dealing with domestic violence and Mm -hmm. sexual violence with children, it was a very, very traumatic experience I would say for me and my crew okay. because what we heard what we saw uh, was something that was unbelievable hmm. it was um, it took us a long time to digest hmm. what we had just shot yeah, and that was challenging Very so interesting. if you talk about challenges as a director I think in a documentary film while shooting documentary films the challenges are much um, different and more I would say wonderful 
And given the fact that producers are now reaching out to you and giving you more work, as you say, any chance of or any plans to move into mainstream uh, filmmaking? So I don't like to categorize films, honestly, because okay. I think a film is a film. The only difference is that my film does not have a Shah Rukh Khan, you know. <laughs> so, but if you look at domestic violence, um, I mean, Thappad was a film that was on, uh, you know, domestic mm-hmm. violence. I'm sure before that also many films mainstream. Hmm. Uh, but what is mainstream actually? Mainstream is something that is it something that has a star in it, or hmm. is it something that has acceptance from audience? So documentary films in India uh, are gaining acceptance now. I do fiction, yes, and uh, I am writing. I have written some scripts, hmm. but I'm not like desperately going out there because I'm running to NGOs as well. Yeah. So I'm. kind of you know torn apart between these two uh, two facets of my life sure. however this year i have resolved to kind of balance you know so if there is any producer out there listening yes i have fiction okay. and i have mainstream films so you know okay feel free to approach me well said well said so now let's talk about your your ngo on on child rights you know yeah um when i was first introduced to you i did some reading up uh, i can't say i know i knew too much about uh, abuse and child abuse in our country but i understand that there are over 32000 cases reported every year how rampant is child abuse in our country so ashutosh i'm sure since you have been doing your research yeah. uh, you must have come across a research from the government which was mm. done in 2007 yeah the wcd ministry had done this research right and uh, in that research it was a statistic that was released which said that more than 52% of india's children are sexually abused so that means every other child mm. is sexually abused so yeah. the numbers are huge i mean mm. all without saying that we are looking uh, at a pandemic if mm. you even if i may say so and i if i may use that word now you yeah know? yeah Okay, and uh, what are the symptoms to look for uh, if there is uh, abuse of a child? So I would not call it symptoms because it's not a disease. Okay. Um, I would call it signs. Okay. Uh, what do you need to watch out for mm. in a child? Mm. So first of all, let's say there is a child who is extremely, you know, happy-go-lucky, very chirpy, mm. um, fun-loving person. Hmm. and then suddenly overnight the child has now changed uh, to become a very aloof kind of a kid hmm. who doesn't want to interact who doesn't want to talk to anybody who's hmm. scared hmm. you know doesn't want to go to school maybe so these are all signs that if there are any sudden changes in a child's behavior mm-hmm. i think that needs to be flagged okay okay uh if there are so these are behavioral changes right then there are physical changes like let's say if you have spotted a child uh getting um you know who's perhaps in the private parts bleeding or if there is any kind of intimation that a child is feeling uncomfortable physically mm. or does not want to perform certain uh mm. things you know like maybe not want someone to bathe him or her these are all signs as well okay so i think there are emotional behaviors that needs to be flagged off there is uh, physical changes there is you know behavioral changes mm-hmm. bedwetting nightmares 
being afraid of a certain person around uh, you know them these are all signs that there is something going on mm-hmm. or if a child doesn't want to go to school let's say the abuse has happened somewhere out of home mm-hmm. and the child doesn't want to go to school or to play mm-hmm. these are also signs that one needs to be aware of wow thank you that's 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 amazing information so just before you know in the early part of the information uh, it, uh, our conversation you did speak about male uh, child abuse right uh, why are we in denial in india about male uh, child abuse for me i think the biggest is the you know the one we do not want to accept that men can be raped hmm. okay and mm-hmm. boys can be raped right we do not want to even look at the possibilities of boys being sexually abused mm-hmm. as children um third again i mean so this is all the if i were to just sum it up in one word it's denial right mm-hmm. it's it's um, society's denial to acknowledge that a boy can be sexually abused or raped mm-hmm. and is it getting any better now with all the representations is there more awareness awareness yes but awareness doesn't always lead to you know action mm-hmm. so everybody is aware today a lot of people are aware about male child sexual mm-hmm. abuse okay but that's not necessarily translating to uh, action in in the domain that it needs to be mm. utilized okay and what role is the government and society going to play in the entire child rights they are already playing mm-hmm. government has laws in place uh, government has amended the uh, laws quite a bit to reflect how a child can be protected better mm-hmm. in the past years it has been making amendment over amendment These laws uh, can only help if they are implemented if there is uh, reporting happening if there are cases filed then mm-hmm. otherwise it's it's just a law okay and you know when you when you find such cases and please ignore my english i'm not very good in english but please uh, you know when, when you are uh, you know confronted with such issues how does the community react the community that uh, where, where the child where is you, where, abused, yeah, where the child is where the child is living and has been abused is there a normally a, a you know a, a tendency to cover it up or is it something which people the seniors or elders are willing to address most of the times not they are not willing to address it mm-hmm. uh, there is a lot of secrecy that is involved mm-hmm. there is a lot of desire to hush it up so i don't think people like i said i mean people do not want to acknowledge the existence of mm-hmm. child sexual abuse whether mm-hmm. it's a girl boy it doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, we do not want to believe that this exists and when we are confronted with something like that we want to believe that we can just go past it okay. so there are lots of incidents where parents or family members will say that it's okay you know she will get over it or he will get over it bada ho jayega to sab theek ho jayega but um there are in in uh, metros i would say you can see a little bit more action on this and people are aware like you said mm-hmm. you know the children uh, children are going to schools where good touch back touch is being taught so they are more aware parents are more aware and they definitely would i would assume uh, would be much more careful and mm-hmm. uh, action oriented in the case of an event mm-hmm. but most of the times it is a very difficult uh, situation where a parent may not want to you know or a family member may not want to address mm-hmm. the presence of child sexual abuse in the family especially and most of the cases are happening in families 
uh, in trusted circles because there is easy access to children. Hmm. So when there are cases happening in families, uh, obviously you are more concerned about the honor of the family and you know, what will happen if we go to uh, the cops? Badnami hogi. So these are all, uh, you know, reasons why a family would not want to support. Okay. Uh, my next question is that, you know, when there are children who face trauma, uh, right. this kind, what is the kind of support that is normally given to them by the uh, family and by, you know, uh, other NGOs? So, like I said, uh, we'll start with families. Okay. If the family is um, attending to the case right from the start and is following everything uh, that's needed for the child, for the well-being of the child, then there are different things that are happening depending on the intensity of the abuse as well. Right? So, not all of the times the abuse is physically um, very grave. Mm -hmm. But the emotional impact nonetheless is there. Mm -hmm. So, the child would need to get counseling, you know, to heal, to see how much the impact is. Mm -hmm. The parents would need to be counseled as well to handle uh, the child's uh, situation. Mm -hmm. So these are things that would happen. NGOs come into place, like let's say if there is a case and an NGO is uh, approached. Mm -hmm. At that time, the first thing that an NGO does is obviously help the family filing a case. Mm -hmm. If they know the perpetrator, if they don't know the perpetrator, then the child uh, abuse survivor is questioned in the presence of the uh, parents, you know, there has to be a minor is always accompanied by parents during this entire exercise. Mm -hmm. uh, if there is a physical physical damage, then they are accompanied to the uh, the hospital, which deals with uh, cases like this. There is a police case that happens. There are follow ups that happen. The NGO, there are NGOs. There are a lot of big NGOs. Arpan uh, coming to mind first, mm -hmm. actually, who provides free counseling. Mm. for these children and they do a wonderful job at that so NGOs and so it is like you know uh, you have to coexist together the system and the, uh, the families they have to the community and the system has to coexist and they have to come together to address uh, an issue mm. otherwise it's not going to go because it's a lengthy process right from the time the child is sexually abused till the time when the child is, you know, uh, possibly on the way to recovery and healing. Mm. But in that phase, if you have not addressed the child in the best mm. way possible, mm. then we are looking at a long-term damage on the emotional and mental well-being of the child. Thank you. So I'm going to move to the last segment of our conversation, which is some questions for you personally. I have time for two more questions with you. Sure. Um, you know, you're a filmmaker on one side, you're an activist and for, for, for a very, very sensitive subject in our country today. As you look at everything that you are doing, what does success mean to you? So for me, success is if I can go to bed thinking that I've done my best mm -hmm. today, that I have, uh, you know, in my own small way, made a dent in the things that I want to change mm -hmm. to make the society better. For me, that is success. Okay. Because other than that, it really doesn't matter. Uh, you could be holding tons of money. You could mm -hmm. be doing so much right. for yourself. But if you are not able to have a good night's sleep, mm -hmm. I think it's a waste. So I'm a little philosophical on the, these things. But uh, that's what I feel. You know? okay. And my last question to you is on failure. You know, uh, I've often said that uh, 
parents in india or for that matter south asia don't teach children it's okay to fail it's always come first be at the head of the line etc etc yet we fail so my question to you is what have been some of your biggest learnings from some of your mistakes so uh, again ashutosh i do not uh, look at failure in, and success in the same way that most mm-hmm. people do mm-hmm. i don't even call them failures actually i mm-hmm. call them challenges of life mm-hmm. um and there is no right or wrong right uh, so if i were to just uh, talk about my own journey i studied to become uh, you know i mean i did my bcom in india when i was in the us i did advertising and mass comm mm-hmm. and today i can safely say that none of it has gone to waste mm-hmm. because i am using all of that in my work that i'm doing with both my ngos whether it's the hands of hope foundation or sayo mm-hmm. both are working on child rights uh, you know issues one is working on sexual abuse the other is working on female genital mutilation my films reflect that as well so it is all kind of you know uh, helped and worked so i look at them as lessons mm-hmm. you know we we learn lessons as we go along like if i were to uh, say a small uh, anecdote now we are doing the one of the biggest things that uh, you know we have ever done through the hands of a foundation mm-hmm. which is uh, the first ever pan india marathon mm-hmm. okay we we don't know what's the right way or the wrong way to do this we are just doing it um, my event director pranav he is doing it because he's a runner himself we are trying and i think that's what matters that okay. we try we do not let the challenges and the lessons learned mm-hmm. uh, learned stop us so and i i feel that i do not have any regrets in life i i do my best and i think that's what makes me believe that there is no failure there are only experiences there are only learnings uh the bottom line is to not repeat the same mistakes as you go forward and at least try if nothing else right and that's all you can do thank you insya thank you very much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you thank you ashish thank you. thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you